What's up, everybody? Welcome to Women in Hip Hop Podcast. I'm your host, Jazzy Bell. And on this show is where we focus on the many talents and influences from women in hip hop. And to elaborate further, I want people to know that we're not just discussing the presence of women in hip hop, but outside of that, I want to be able to give women that are in any industry that's male dominated inspiration to succeed, inspiration to be bold, inspiration to be fearless, and to dominate whatever it is that you do within your field. You know, don't be afraid because you're a woman and your uh, counterparts are, are men that are dominating it. Just know that you can succeed as well. And, you know, just continue to support each other no matter what. Now, I have my special guest here with me today. I'm so excited about this one in particular because I looked up to her growing up. She was one of my favorite artists, um, just watching TV and just trying to be like her in the videos, and she was just so fly to me. So shout out to my girl, Miss Shelley is in the building. What's up, Miss Shelley? How are you, finally? I know. Okay, so now that we have you here, I know we don't have you here for long. I just want to um, shed light a little bit more on your, your early life because we saw the Surviving Compton, which was um, an amazing film. And thank you for that, giving voice to women that have to deal with domestic violence. So talk to me briefly about how it was for you growing up in South Central with your family and all that. Because I think the biggest misconception is that people think you grew up in Compton. Yeah, I think, which we never miscommunicated, we said surviving something, um, which really is, is, is just a, surviving those two men who were from Compton. Mm-hmm. So I think they missed it by a little margin there. <laughs> um, it was, um, I guess, when you don't know, and that's where you grow up, where, you, where you're born, what you're born into, it was normalcy for me. Um, so ducking bullets and, um, you know, being robbed, it was normal. You know what I mean? It wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I knew as a young girl, I didn't want to, this wasn't going to be my life. A lot of people who come from the hood don't realize that. They don't get out. You know, that they become stagnant and, you know, that's what they think is normal. I knew it was abnormal to just live like this every day. So I wanted to get out. Um, so it wasn't, I won't say it was bad because it was normal, but it, I knew it wasn't right. We shouldn't be killing each other. You're my people. So, right. you know, when I went to Compton, it was the same thing. You know, it was the same atmosphere. Compton was no different from South Central at the time. Um, a little bit more violent, you know, a little bit more, you know, they was real, more real with <laughs> what they did. But um, I just, it was a good crossover for me to, to they were my people, so I don't, it wasn't a bad thing at all. I mean, at the time when I was young, I didn't view it as that. Right. And even in the film, what I got from it, Another thing that seemed normal to you, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, was seeing abuse as a child. You kind of opened up the film with seeing that. And how normal was that for um, you or your upbringing? Um, well, if you grew up in the hood, you saw it, even if it wasn't in your household, you saw it. I lived what we call driveways back then. And you saw families fighting in the street all the time. And in the driveways, we thought it was normalcy. Like I said, there was a certain normalcy about it that you just, you know, you knew it wasn't right, but you knew, but it was normal. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm-hmm. abnormal. Whether it was in my household or it was in their household, we saw it all the time. So it wasn't like it was out of place. And we, just, I just knew it wasn't right. Right. Now, as far as what you uh, witnessed in your household, would you like to shed light on that? Because in the film, I believe it was a moment where, was it your grandmother or your sister 
that kind of gave advice when it came to one a man putting his hands on you, like as if it was okay because it meant he loved you? Well, that's my grandmother. Okay. And basically what she was really trying to say was, was back if you go back in the 40s and the 50s and probably even go to the 1800s, men put their hands on women. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I didn't start this. This, this ain't this ain't new. I don't know why everybody keeps thinking I reinvented the wheel. <laughs> um, men have been putting their hands on women for, for thousands of years. Let's talk about the cave days. Why was they pulling my hair? Why was they dragging up around on the ground? But I'm just saying it's nothing new. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, we have to break the cycle. And although we've gotten better with it, yes, absolutely. I think it's still just as, it's, it's, it's still just as active. You know, on a daily basis, as it shouldn't be to this day, as it was back then, and and that that was my whole purpose. And my grandmother just said, "Baby, that is what they do when they care about you and they want to control you, and they want you to see. You know, they want you to they want to own you." In a sense, she was just trying to tell me that it, that's just the way it was, and that my grandmother was born in 1914. Mm-hmm. So of course, she knew what that was. So that's all I was trying to get to them was just the truth. You know, she didn't sugarcoat things for me. Do you see, uh, how was it for your daughter watching that? And how, and of course... My daughter loves the movie. Okay. Loves the movie. Loves the movie. She's so unaffected. Um, okay. She understands that no man's going to put her hands on her. I mean, absolutely not. I think it was the best thing I could have showed her. I agree. Not only for your daughter, but for women around the world. I think, like you said, you Absolutely. Didn't... Yes. Yes, I mean, we all have our own testimony when it comes to that. Um, you didn't start this at all, like you said. I think you were just bold enough to tell your story, so we commend you for that up here. Thank you. Thank yep. you. It took a lot It took a lot to do it because I know it would be crucified or, you know, it was either one way. You know, there's no in-between when you do it. Either they're going to like it or they're not. You know, and I was very fortunate that, even men walk up to me and just go, I love your story. And I always go, thank you. You know, and that's, that, that's an amazing thing that they get it, you know. So, you know, to soften a man's heart is the best feeling in the world. To have that type of, um, gosh, uh, passion for us as women and what we go through. And um, it's just, it's beautiful. It, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I think it opens up conversations for everyone about abuse. Right. Now, when it came to the film, what made you do it? Is it Was it because of Straight Outta Compton and you was kind of left out? Not kind of, you was totally left out? Is that what, because I know originally I've seen interviews with you and you were promoting a book. Did this book turn into a film? No, none of that. Um, I didn't feel bad about reason being left out of uh, Straight Outta Compton. I've never seen the film, but I mean, I've seen the trailer. Okay. Um, great, great trailer, must say that. But um, when I found out I wasn't in it, it didn't bother me because I just felt like, okay, you know, what can I do? It ain't my money and it ain't my movie and it ain't my story. Mm-hmm. So um, actually my manager, Bruce, you know, um, he kind of made me, now he didn't make me, he talked me into it. Cause I, first I said I didn't want to do the movie thing and he thought it was a great idea to tell it from a woman's perspective. perspective. Mm-hmm. And I thought, eh, I don't think they care. And he convinced me that it was a good thing to do and it would help a lot of people. And, you know, I hate to say this, but he was right. <laughs> well, shout out to Bruce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well. Well, now, was it? He's a man. <laughs> <laughs> but he was smart. It, it was a great decision. And... Yeah, it was a great idea. I, yeah. know. I just thought I would have thought of it on my own. <laughs> 
that's why I'm wondering, like, when did you decide to do it? So now I understand how that became into fruition. But was it done purposely for you not to watch Straight Outta Compton? Or did you just not get around to it? Oh, no. Oh, I, no, <laughs> I, I, I didn't. The reason why I didn't watch, I didn't want to be biased, and I didn't want to pick apart their movie to make mine. So right. I thought it was a bad idea to watch it at all. Because I would have watched it had I not done my own. I would have watched it. I'm, I have nothing against. Um, Dr. Dre or Ship Mike, absolutely nothing. Those are old wounds, you know, that are 27 years wrapped up. Um, if they're not over, Lord knows I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, no, that had nothing to do with it. The reason why I don't want to see it today is because I just want to still be able to talk without a bias, um, 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 without being biased to mm-hmm. there, you know what I mean? I don't want to start getting in interviews and picking apart there, you know what I mean? I just want to stay with my mind focus of what my intention is and not try to, you know, make sure, you know, I'm answering the questions of, well, this, they did this in their movie, you did that in your movie. So by me not saying it at all, I can stay true to what I'm saying and true to myself and my story. Okay. Now, just to, now, um, well, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Okay, just to clear things up, because I'm sure people want to know, um, when it comes to your relationship with um, the children, I mean the father of your children, both Shug and Dre, where are you guys at currently? You mean me, Shug and Dre? With, yep, with you. You mean us relationship? Girl, we got a great relationship. Okay, good. (laughs) It's amazing, girl. You know why? Why? Because we don't have one. Oh, Lord. Now, that was the twist that I didn't expect. No, because the film was so in detail. And, you know, I'm glad that you said a lot of men came to you with a great response. But I'm in, I'm a woman in hip-hop. And I remember being in arguments defending you because a lot of people try to discredit your side of the story. And, yeah, and you know what? Mm-hmm. It's sad. It's sad. Not to cut you off. But it's mm-hmm. sad because a lot of women, I would love for them to have been in my bedroom. First and foremost. Hello. I don't know what goes on in your house. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me when your bedroom door closed or goes on. Mm-hmm. So for them to just attack me like that and not know what I have been through or who I even, first of all, you've never met me in your life. Yeah. You, you just heard a record that I did and, a, and some rumored stories over 20-something years and here you're going to tell me I'm lying? I was insulted by these women, but then again, I already know that these are the same women that will defend these men who will beat them later. Because you have to understand. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you really if, can't. If, you know, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna always hide. If you want to hide now, behind you want to say I'm lying, and I want to I'm because I'm because because I'm coming forward. I'm high, I'm a lion. Mm-hmm. So you mean you're gonna be beat, and you're not gonna tell nobody? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's those women. That's those women. Mm. So yeah. they might have secrets of their own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Secrets of their own, yes. And I think the fact that um, you spoke against two men, especially one in particular, that was loved for many, many years. And you kind of blew the lid on what you were going through. At the end of the day, it's your story. And that's what I kept saying to everyone that has something to say about your film. It's your story. You weren't there. Like you said, you wasn't in my bedroom. You wasn't there to hear his side of the story, to agree or to disagree. I think we all should just keep an open mind, and I'm glad that you're open-minded enough to even understand where these women and men could come from when it comes to not taking your side. You know what I mean? 
because I don't need, I don't need people to. Mm-hmm. I don't need them to take my side just because, you know, they're taking his side because he became a wealthy man. Oh, money always looks better. I ain't stupid. Take <laughs> it. If you think, let me, I'm, that's me. I ain't mad at you. Because you got some people that'll take, listen, if you were standing on the desert island and they said, here, take this 500000 or here, take this way and you're going to get to a million, most people going to take 500000 Right, right. They're not going to want to see what their journey is to get to the million. And I understand it. I ain't mad at nobody. Women, please do you. Because I'm doing me. I'm living my life. I am being true to myself as best I can. Oh, my God. I ain't going to say every day is the best. Every day is not amazing. But every day is not hurtful. Listen, surviving a cop and you survive every day is amazing in retrospect. But this is what I want to do with you as well because this was another thing that kept coming up in conversations, combating with these men and women when it comes to telling your story. I just want you, if you can, clear up your timeline when it comes to dealing with Dre and Suge because I feel like, again, they want to discredit you because you are a woman and you chose to to have a relationship with both men. And the world, all we saw was a feud between Suge and Dre. And I think it's obvious that you weren't dealing with them at the same time. But if you can, in, right, if you can in your words, can you just clear up the timeline briefly? Um, it wasn't, and it took years. I mean, Suge, it took me a while. To, I didn't like Suge in the beginning. It took me a while to warm up to Suge. Me and Suge stayed friends for many, many years. And then I went away, and I came back, and Trey was engaged. And I've said that a million times. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you this. If I had it to do all over again to sleep with both of those men, I would have because I have the two of the most precious gifts in the world, my yeah. children. Thank you. And I would never, nobody's going to make me feel like anything because no one knows how I got to this universe and nobody's going to tell me who I am and how to be me. Period. Okay. Not going to ever happen. Never. And words, people say they hurt. They don't. They should make you think. Because, they don't hurt. Right. They should make you think. Because you're Marcel, your oldest. He's how old now? He's 26. 26. That's Dr. son. My daughter is 14. Her name is Billy. That's Sugar Knight's daughter. I'm proud to say it. Always going to be. Yes. They are not me and their father. That is, they are their own entities in this universe. Okay, now you... We have no... We have no... Shame, or you know, I know people think when they say those things that they're shaming me. Or no, mm. you're not. But 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 thank you for your opinion. <laughs> right, right. Now, as far as the film, I feel like um, the now this is the one that I think I'm not gonna say bother me the most, but I have such a love for Tupac Shakur. Now, when you did that, when you showed that scene, what should call Tupac was it a baby rapper or a baby gangster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That bothers so many people, Michelle, including okay, me. Okay, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me, okay, let me tell you. Let me tell you what the conversation was that he was having with Tupac. Tupac had came out and he was he had just got they had left him in prison. Okay, mm-hmm. Suge went and got Tupac out. Right? Is are, are, am I clear on the story so far? Oh, absolutely. Suge, they had left him in prison. Mm-hmm. Suge went and bailed him out and said, "Come on, man, let me dust you off. You, you." Put your confidence back together. He had to build that man back up. Mm. That man had been torn down, shot, threw in prison. and said, you know, it was some, they told him they told him he needed to stay in there so he can learn his lessons. Suge went and got him out and had to dust him off. Mm-hmm. Suge had a conversation with him, 
And of course he told him, he said, if you want to speak to the people in the, in the ghetto, you have to speak their language. You have to rap their language. You can't come out writing stuff this soft. That's all that conversation was. Now, I couldn't tell you what they said, boy, bait him for, boy. You know, I tried to give you a piece of the conversation that I know he had with him, right. but he did. He told him, he said, if you want to connect and get, get, you have to talk to, to where they can understand what you're saying. And that's exactly what Pop did. Mm. He was trying to tell him, you have to speak the street language. That was all that was. And it, and it's true. It's true because if you go back and listen to Pop before, and by the time we got to Macabelli, he was ready to go. Mm. I think from but that... But don't tell me the sheriff didn't mentor that man and make him, you know, the gangster that he ended up being. Thank you. Okay. All right. So I just wanted to get clear so on that because a lot of... Because I was just trying to... I was just trying to show y'all that Pac had a side where he was, you know, Pac, Pac is a very, very intelligent man. Right. Uh, he loved women. He respectful to him. I swear to God, he is a poet and everything. But mm -hmm. you come on. I was trying to show y'all he wasn't always, like, mad and upset, you know, talking crap. Did you show the scene where he got sunned, basically? That's how it looked to everybody. Because like, I understand the mentoring part, but I guess in the process of being mentored, I guess Suge... I, in that that's how he mentor was. That's uh, his mentor, not mine. I mean, now, now, if they overplayed it, listen, if the actor overplayed it, I can't do nothing about that. Uh, but <laughs> it, it really made y'all believe it. You know, y'all, y'all want he overplayed it. But I mean, that was the point. That that was the point I was trying to get across. Was he 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 told him that if you want to speak to the streets and get you can't be talking that that um, political stuff to them because they don't, we couldn't understand it. And he was right. Mm, okay. Um, can you give us a story uh, for you that, that probably didn't make the film when it comes to Tupac? Because, of course, he was so loved that you would share that was very memorable for you that a lot of people may not know. No, I mean, no. Because y'all have that iconic was... song. What song? Um, you can run the streets run with your... <laughs> Yeah. No, I can't. It's just when, when me and Pop, when I would see him, we would always do jokes at each other. Like, I would come, I would be walking down the hallway or something, and he was like, gosh, why don't you just, why don't you um, lower your voice? I mean, he would say something like, why don't you lower your voice? I mean, my God, I can't. And then, um, so when I would get in the room with him, and um, he would be standing up, I would go, I would go, no, he would be sitting down, I would go, huh, stand up. And we would do stuff like that. So we were always, we were very playful <laughs> in our joke plan. And he would always get me with some funny joke. Like, because my hair, I used to wear braids and all this stuff. He had many jokes. So he was fun. He was fun, funny, uh, educated me all the time. Every, mm -hmm. every conversation, I always walked away with, with some uh, knowledge. I just did. So he was an extraordinary human being. Okay, good. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Up next is one of my favorite hip-hop records from my favorite hip-hop artist, Tupac, featuring Michelle A. And the name of this song is Run the Streets. Y'all check that out, and we'll be back on Women in Hip-Hop Podcast. You can run the streets hey, yo, with your thugs. I'll Honestly, be waiting for you. I think I can fuck with a motherfucker like you. you get See, I don't like a motherfucker that be all waiting. over me, shit, all up under you me. Telling me where I can go, in case she go with me. When I'm coming home and all that crazy shit. Through. 
type of life I live. Now people here go to seek on how to keep it player. Some love making and home cooking. I see you later. It don't take a lot to keep a nigga hard. Must be a lady in the light, but real freaky in the dark. Plus I got some enemies, baby. Hold my pistol and wrap your arms around a nigga every time I kiss you. Can you visualize the picture me and you were next to see? Don't be upset. It's good sex when you next to me. Do you wanna test me? Put your tired head on my chest. A thug niggas in the house. Now you can rest. I bet you never scream the niggas whole name out. And felt the pleasure and the pain about the fuck the very taste out your mouth. You can call me when you need me. When they hit your sky page when you wanna see me. Cause I can be your man. And baby, you can be my lady. But you gotta give a nigga space or you drive me crazy. Run the streets. Some of that shit you made last year. 
some of them ribs and shit. Be back through later tonight. I'ma have some weed. We finna drink some Hennessy and some Alize. We finna eat that food. Smoke a little blunt. Lay up in the bed. Watch on Jay Leno or something. Then after that, shit. You do whatever comes to mind, baby. Just let a nigga run with the homies. Let me go kick it with my legs. When I come back, I'll be all yours. next for you outside of this film and music um, you know you have a book coming out reality tv yeah well i have a, a good a mini docu series um i'm working on um everything i got product coming out i mean i'm really working on a lot of things i'm doing things that that i'm passionate about that i love to do so you know, I hate to say now because I keep talking about that book, and then I keep on. I'm gonna stop telling people what I'm doing. Cause if it ain't coming tomorrow, people be like, "Where's that?" Mm-hmm. Okay, where's that? Mm-hmm. So, um, I am. I, I do things. Um, the universe. Where I'm at right now, I'm just. I'm. I'm just happy to be in the universe. Um, and I'm excited. Uh, just to be here. So, I think that's the motivation enough to wake up every day, see my kids. Right. Now, yeah, what, don't want no grandkids yet. So. You don't want any grandkids? Well, Marcel is, is up <laughs> not, there at age. <laughs> he is up there at age. You know what I want to ask you? Because with the um the straight out of Compton, I know you were left out and you didn't see it. Of course, you know another situation that people kept comparing yours to was D Barnes. Do you know where she is right now, or have you been in communication well, with I her? Well, I I know she's she's okay. Yeah, she's okay. She's um she's an advocate. Uh, 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 abuse. Of course, you know that. Oh, um, she's doing well, and um, no, I didn't know she, she was still an just, wow. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So she, um, she's she's doing well. Now, she's okay. What about the people that was on death row? Because a lot of people don't know that after Suge got locked up, you became the CEO of or the president. Can you of of death row? And you were kind of in control Actually, of the business. I, I really didn't, you know, that's, a, I can't really speak on that, but that's okay. not all true. Okay. But if some touched on a little bit, but no, that's not exactly the whole truth. Um, I ran a few things for a little while until I found some way to do it. Um, but I will say I had power of attorney, that's all. I, but as far as me running a daily day business, yes. mm, that's not quite accurate. Okay. Now, out of all your records... Do you have a favorite record from Michelle By Michelle <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, of course. Something in my heart. It's probably mm-hmm. my favorite. And then um, I'll go from there. And uh, I think uh, Close to Me, I like that song. I like, um, I like uh, Can I Get a Witness? That's from the Death Row. It's like a, a few things I like. But something in my heart, probably. The, my my favorite thing that I still can connect with. I like No More Lies. Cause, you know. No More Lies, yeah. Um, you've collaborated with a lot of artists. Any collaborations that you have, like a dream collaboration for you? Um, 
I was in the room with him. Yeah, because <laughs> the way we talk is like the most, you have to really think and catch your ears because when he talks, he's like, he's staring at me. So it's like heaven and hell all at the same time. <laughs> I was like, yeah, so hopefully he break down one day. I can break him down. Like, please. I love his voice. Oh, that, my God. That would be amazing. Well, you know, your voice is iconic. Both of them. Your singing voice yeah, and your talking sure, that's voice. That's what I mean. But if, but yeah. if you saw us talking and a day together, I was going, oh, Because <laughs> he was going, I'm going to say something. And he, the way he would talk back to me, it was saying, like, wind was blowing my hair back. But it wasn't, <laughs> but that was my image. And wind was blowing my hair back. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Now, when it comes to your career, prior to it, who inspired Michelle A to sing? Like your top female singers prior to you? Anita Baker, see Anita Baker of the world. So mm-hmm. Tina Marie's Go Way Back, Rose Royce. I grew up with bands. Um, well, the Commodores. Uh, I, grew, I grew up with bands. Oh, Confunction. I mean, I grew up with bands. Real, real deal. I was going to fire. I mean, mm. it was way back like then. Uh, Newbirth. Mm. Um, just old bands, mostly. Now, what, when it comes to I women... Stephanie and, Mills, of course. I love Stephanie. Oh, yeah, I love Stephanie Mills. Now, what about your favorite yeah. female rappers? Of what, yesteryear or today? Of all time. I don't have one, actually. You don't? Oh, wow. But I don't, not, not of all time. I'll tell you who was my most listened to back in the yesteryear. It was Queen Latifah. Mm-hmm. Light. I listen to Light. Queen Latifah. Uh, Roxanne Shantae. I mean, she was like the first. You just, you had to. I mean, um, yeah. But but see, all of them. We had very few, so they was all dope. You know what I mean? Like they all was doing what they do. So we didn't we didn't pick because they was all like that. They was all it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Back then we didn't have fifteen or twenty five of them. We had like a selective five that made it with the guys. Yes, yes. <laughs> diggable, under, diggable underground. Remember her? Cool like that. Mm-hmm. It was everybody back then because it was just so few of them being women. Tom Pepper. It was just so few that you just reverent all of them as. Okay, okay. Now I'm gonna um, end this with you, but before I end it, if you can, if you want to tell the people, what's the biggest misconception about Miss Chalet that you would like to clear up? That I did not destroy Rufus and Row and that I did not, it wasn't over a, a, a pyramid of a, of a relationship, because that's not right lie. If they ask Dr. J, he'll tell you, and if they ask Shit Night, he'll tell you. But it's funny that I never get those reports. Hmm. Okay. Because they know the truth. Okay, now I'm going to end this Thank with, you. um, like I do with all the guests that come on the show. If you can, give me the word to describe the state that you're in right now, the feeling that you're in. Not a phrase, not a sentence, but one word. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Michelle for this interview. Once again, I've always been a fan, and I'm still a fan today. And um, I wish you all the luck and the blessings in the world, okay? Thank you. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, so the next record I'm going to play right now is one of my favorite Michelle records. You already know my fave is something in my heart. But what I'm going through in life right now, I'm going to dedicate this song to me and to all the other women that are tired of you motherfuckers lying to them. 
<laughs> so, No More Lies, Michelle A, one of her dopest records ever. That's what we're going to check out right now, No More Lies by Michelle A. Hello? Hello? What's your only girl? Girl, I think about. You're the only girl for me. Girl, I think about. You're special. No one loves you. No one loves you. Hip-Hop Podcast. I think we had a great show today. 
I want to give a special, special thank you to Michelle. I want to give a special thank you and shout out to her manager, Bruce, for making this happen for me. Um, also, all the women that's listening right now, just know if you're dealing with domestic violence in your life, you don't have to. Um, if you have no one in your life you feel that is there to hear you out, to help you, or to get you away from a terrible situation, you can always... Um, it's always somebody you can go to. First and foremost, I would say pray, go to God for guidance, um, go to authorities, of course, and just try your best to believe in yourself and know that you do not deserve this. Um, once again, I want to thank Michelle for making the film Surviving Compton. Um, like I said, giving a voice to a lot of the women that's dealing with it today. And, um, yeah, I hope I answered all you guys' questions. I know I was selfish. I answered a lot of mines. So... <laughs> <laughs> y'all stay tuned to Women in Hip Hop Podcast. We're going to have more. We're going to do more. And y'all keep riding with your girl. Y'all subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Please rate, comment, and do all that and share. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TV and at Woman in Hip Hop. And I love you guys. I'm out. Jazzyville. Deuces. Calling the bitch.